they they did about two hundred fifty thousand in revenue uh, within the first ten episodes of the show, wow. and they only had about seven thousand downloads uh, on the show in, in total. Actually, sorry, thirty five hundred downloads uh, on the show in total within wow. the first ten episodes. We've got some. Hey, I'm Luis, and this is Luis. Welcome to the Content Is Profit podcast. In here, you're gonna get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple: entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Let's go, Fancy. What are we talking about today, guys? Today. How to generate 12 million plus in revenue and 70 million plus content views or listens for your clients. Crowd is going crazy. Oh, I know. That sounds like a lot. A uh, lot of moolah. Sounds like a lot. Well, a lot of moolah. We're gonna we're gonna dive into the goodness with today's guest. <laughs> for context, he's an awesome agency owner. And he's been dealing with lots of clients, some really big clients, kind of like click funnels. He actually, I think he did stuff for Republic too. Ooh, you remember we had Chuck on the oh, podcast? Chuck was awesome. Yes, yeah, so, absolutely. You know, this guy knows he's like, what he's, he's talking about. He's like, yeah, they're amazing. <laughs> All right. Um, sounds good. If you guys are enjoying the show, go ahead and follow it. Make sure you're downloading each and every one of the episodes, all of them, because, you know, we have new people in here and you want to share with everybody as well. So, you know, share the love. Thank you. Is that good? We need to streamline that part of the podcast. I know, it's all good. <laughs> Guys, if today's like to episode like helped you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share with somebody you care about and that you know this might help them take that next step. And, and don't forget to leave <laughs> a five-star review. Sounds good, Fonzie. So we are back with one of the most exciting content agency owners out there. We have, we have known today's guest for a while, but finally... We got him on the pod. That is right. Today's guest is the owner of Legacy Podcasting and the host of Content Funnels. Not to mention that he's the one person you see at every single event. We True. run, we run to him like every single event. True facts. Also, he has generated an impressive 12 million smackaroos for his clients while generating more than 70 million, that's seven zero million impressions on their content. Epico! Wee! Guys, please welcome <laughs> host of Content Funnels and legacy podcaster himself, Ryan Helms. Man, that's, uh, that was quite the intro. It's <laughs> so special. Hey, well, yeah, we got to hype you up. You know, we got to launch the confetti. We left the confetti today, but you know, I it's know, a party. Uh, you are special, man. It's been, <laughs> it's been so fun. Uh, you know, we met so long ago, uh, even before we actually started podcasting. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been fun to see your evolution with your agency, all the success that you guys are having. And it's really exciting to have you here on the show today, man. So thanks for coming out. Yeah, I'm pumped to jam with you guys. Hopefully we can bring some value. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, let, let's start the podcast strong. I know we're going to go back and hear, hear a little bit of your story, but, you know, so we can get people hooked from the very beginning. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the main concept of content funnels that you're using to drive revenue in your clients' businesses? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Let's see, next month, December, will be four years that we've been in business with our agency. And I would say the first two years, um, we we found something that 
most people discover at some point in their organic content journey. And that is that, you know, attribution is, is really tough in organic mm. content. Like you, it's like if you're selling something on the back end, you have a product, a service, a widget, whatever, like, you're getting sales from this channel, this channel, this channel, but you don't really know like which one is actually working. So we implemented what we call content funnels, which is our way. It's like uh, our, our marketing lingo, right? This, this is how we uh, we sell it to clients, right? Paint yeah. the vision in someone's head. A content funnel sits on top of your normal sales funnel. And it has, it serves the purpose of creating attribution in your organic content. So typically uh, when we build out a content funnel for someone, it is going to, uh, you know, sometimes like a really sexy, just lead magnet, like an old school, like downloadable. Uh, most often it's going to like a masterclass or a mini course or something like that, but something that is highly tailored towards your audience, which is another reason it's important to create like really niche content so yeah. that, when you create that offer that it is like aligned very, very closely with that audience. But we help our clients craft and create this content funnel so mm. that we can start to generate leads off of their content and then drop them into their existing sales funnel. Because most of our clients, they have very successful businesses already. They have yeah. the, the messaging and the mechanisms to nurture and convert people down the line but our job with organic content being very very top of funnel is to get them into their sales funnel because if all they do is ever consume your free content like great for them yeah. and you get some goodwill out of it but you don't yeah. ever make any money so what is that mechanism to bring people in and that is the the beginning piece of how you start to generate revenue with content and then we can talk more about like okay what do you do with that content when when they're in yeah, how do you yeah. multi-purpose that content uh how do you integrate it into the business to generate results like there's a lot i can unpack there yeah too. absolutely i mean this is what we call hashtag juicy juicy <laughs> my friend like this two minute clip that you just shared with us absolutely amazing i'm pretty sure that somebody can leave right now and they're like already have an idea okay now i know how to connect my content to my existing sales funnel, right? And just start feeding some leads in there. Now, you mentioned content funnel is kind of like your lingo for those listening right now. That is, and in my opinion, that is kind of like your UVP, your unique value proposition, right? That you're coming yeah. in is your own framework, I'm guessing as well, that you're coming yeah. towards your clients and you're sharing this with them and then you're hooking them and, and selling them your services, yeah. right? Which is absolutely amazing. So another kind of hashtag golden boulder in there for them is what is your unique point of view? What is your unique value proposition that you are presenting to your clients, right? Because how Todd Brown shared with us in the previous episodes, yeah. well, like 300 episodes ago, <laughs> he shares yeah. that you need to have that kind of like unique mechanism, right? And I feel like this content funnels is, is yours, which is, which is absolutely yeah. amazing. And it kind of came to be because you know, four years ago when we got into this space, there wasn't near as many agencies doing similar stuff as we're doing. But as more and more came in, we were like, oh shit, man. We're like, we have to like differentiate ourselves. Like how do we, how do we set ourselves apart from all the other people that are coming in the space? Because most of the time when, uh, when things start to get competitive, it's people that are trying to compete on price. And I don't ever want to try to be a low cost leader. So what do we do? How do we position ourselves to where like no one can literally offer what we offer? There's no, 
we just got it registered. It's a registered trademark now. It took like two years, but Content Funnels is a registered trademark. That's awesome. And so now literally no one can sell what we sell, That's right? Awesome. A, as the idea of a Content Funnel. So you're absolutely right. It was like, how do we make sure that when we get in front of a client, they're like, I've never heard that before. Like, tell me more about that. That's what's interesting. Yeah, dude, I think you guys nailed it right there. It's going to be like a pot of gold for you guys. Because uh, also, I mean, people search funnels, right? And content. I feel like those are two key terms that honestly put together have a lot of power. And you also name your podcast, right? Content funnels. And I think you rebranded your podcast, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as, as you guys were kind of going back and forth on this idea in my head, I'm thinking systems, right? Like I, and on my side, I'm the operator on, um, you know, and in, in business and my, my head goes there always like, okay, Fonzie comes with an idea and sometimes I get super overwhelmed. Like, oh, it's because I go there, right? Instead of like, hey, what's the first step? And uh, once we execute on that first step, um, it, everything becomes, it, it, got, it gathers momentum, right? So for somebody that's listening right now, I'm like, okay, you know, I have, I have these pieces. I might not have the full, the full picture of like how my content is doing or are we actually selling, right? And as we discover backends of different companies, right? Even those sales numbers can be unclear at some point, right? They have no idea where the leads are coming from. So what is a, a very uh, good first step for somebody that wants to move into that direction? They want to take action, right? They're already creating some kind of content and they want to optimize and, and start building their content funnel. Yeah, I would say the first thing is the more diversified your lead sources are, the more important this is. Mm -hmm. So if you're spending a lot in paid, a uh, lot in influencer, like, et cetera, like the more important it is to have attribution and clarity on your organic stuff, right? If you're just a normal, if you just have a podcast and it's like a side thing, like this is probably at least the the depths in which we'll discuss it here is probably overkill yeah. right but the more complex your your lead sources are the more this stuff becomes important so i just wanted to highlight that first Absolutely. uh but in in terms of like the setup a couple things that we do just to kind of talk through it one is um if you're thinking about content let's let's stick to podcasts for right here because yeah. uh, you can you can uh, you can craft this for really any medium, but let's just talk podcast here. Uh, most of the time, for some reason, uh, people save their call to actions for the end of the podcast, right? It's like their outro. It's like, hey, you know, like, go follow me here. Go do this if you're interested. And it's at the very end. Uh, just keep in mind, that's when literally the fewest amount of people will be listening to your content. So why put the thing you want them to do when literally probably 10% of the people that click play, if you're lucky, we'll actually hear that at the end. Yeah. So that's like the, the first like, no, no, right? Don't mm -hmm. put it at the end. What we like to do with our content funnels, once we, and we can talk about crafting that, but let's just assume you have something in your business you that that you can use for this theoretical content funnel, uh, kind of lead magnet, right? That, that master class, that mini course, whatever it is. We like to bake that into the actual intro of the show. Mm -hmm. So we like our intros to be short and sweet because we want to get into the content as quickly as possible. And mm -hmm. like how you guys started out here with like, let's don't talk about what school you went to, how many kids you have, what your dog's <laughs> name is. Like you got to skip all that. Just like get your people want to hear the good conversation. But so wait, you, you have you, a dog. Yeah, dude, he's a big dog. <laughs> uh, so like when, when, 
we're crafting and I'm saying that we're putting that into the intro, it doesn't mean we have a 60 second intro. We're trying to keep them like 20 seconds long. Yeah. And we never get specific with our call to action. Now this is contrary to some, uh, like, what you might hear normally in the marketing world, people are saying like, if you have a call to action, it needs to be very deliberate. But the reason we're not deliberate and we try to keep it evergreen is because who knows two years, three years now, how your business going is going to evolve. And if you have a call to action baked into your episode, it should be somewhat relevant. Again, there's probably some cases even when this isn't yeah. accurate, but it should be somewhat relevant into the future as well. Absolutely. So if you have like a uh, like a phrase or a, a saying or something like that that you give to your audience, I can give you an example from a client we had, um, Allison Prince, somebody you guys might yeah. know in the funnel space. Like uh, it's changed now, but the original, um, the original, call to action in her intro was if you want to start living your because I can life go here and it was the URL so we didn't promise what they were going to get or anything but it was just like hey if you're digging this and you're about this life like go here yeah. and that page converted at like 74 percent it wow. was crazy and all it was was downloadables to her like manifesto right her like uh community mantra of sorts right it was like the iphone desktop wallpaper like all this stuff it converted like yeah. crazy and that got people into her big sales funnel yeah. after that right they got the free thing from the content then they dripped into her sales funnel and now we have attribution because when they opt into that thing they're tagged in the crm as podcast right yeah, so absolutely. now we have some clarity into okay podcast people buy twice as much as non-podcast opt-ins and stuff like that right um so that's like a big piece of it and then uh if you're going to have some call to actions for whatever it is your content offer is it just to specify something there we've got a content funnel but within that content funnel we just call it we're very original we just call it the content offer uh, so the content <laughs> offer is that mechanism it's that master class it's yep. that mini course it's that thing um and sometimes we'll run uh mid-roll ads again super short like everything we do is is trying to keep people on the content we're not yeah. trying to create a bad experience for them that's going to drive them away but we do understand we have a business outcome that we're trying to achieve yeah. so somewhere in that 20 to 40 percent range into the episode we'll we'll input a 10 to 15 second quick little mid-roll ad again tie it in sometimes it's right back into the content sometimes the client will do that organically but yeah. sometimes it's like tough for them to keep that top of mind and yeah. leave it in seems like you guys would be awesome at it though so. <laughs> <laughs> this 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 is so funny because yesterday yeah, yeah well yeah. yesterday <laughs> literally after the podcast that we recorded we're sitting down and i'm like mm. dude do you, do you know what we should do i think we should start doing like mid-roll organic ads literally in the middle of the show be like we're like hey ryan do you got a second okay yeah, yes we're so gonna by be the back. way if you're all about the content in pro is profit live just go to contentsprofit.com join the facebook group you're in the community and come hang out all right example right yeah but, but we're like <laughs> we, we should do like a full-on skit like when we say that like come up with you know like fake stashes for my brother because he doesn't you already have, have one. a stash you know like whatever it is and just like make it like a little skit uh so i'm, I'm cracking over here because you're kind of like reinforcing that idea. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, this is so cool. You guys already tested it. Let's right? be clear. He's reinforcing the the ad, not the fake mustache that I'm going to be wearing. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and you know, if you want somebody that does that, that piece of it, that kind of organic ad spot, like better than anyone I've ever heard is Andrew Warner from Mixergy. 
I don't know oh, if you guys yeah. have ever listened to dude, he crushes that. That is like his hidden talent is just like how he can weave in these ad spots into just the natural conversation. And it it's almost like it's all scripted, like how well he can flow it in together. Mm. That's I'm, awesome. I'm thinking I know here. I'm gonna go check that out because that is definitely called my attention. Yeah. Um yeah. Rand, th- th- this is this is awesome. Uh th- this is it's coming from somebody that has been in the industry for many years, which is great, right? And you guys are doing this every single day. Mm-hmm. My question is, right, because when we launched the podcast, the, for the first six months, we were like, we're not going to look at data at all. We're like, we need to conquer consistency. We need to be consistent on this thing. And uh, and then you you start seeing that data. You start, like, identifying, you know, your seven-day trends, your 30-day trends, like, on the content itself, right? Is it actually resonating? Is people sticking? Like, how, how, mu- how many episodes do they listen to? When is a good time, apart from since episode one, I'm a big fan from episode one, but right, uh, a lot of the questions that we get is like, when do we actually see that transfer from the podcast to an actual lead to an actual customer, right? Like, does the podcast need to be at a certain level? It might vary per industry, I don't know, but have you seen a trend on how big does a podcast need to be for this to actually be a consistent flow? Yeah. Um, so I would say it actually has nothing to do with the podcast. Awesome. It has to do with the offer that you're sending them to, the messaging on that page, how you deliver the message leading up to that. So I guess that piece does have to do with the podcast. But yeah. the, the podcast is a tool. It's a mechanism. It, it's like a transfer point. But if you're transferring them to something that has bad copy on it, it's a weak offer. It's not aligned with your audience. You're going to need a million people to get one conversion, mm-hmm. right? But I'll give you an example. A client of ours, uh, you guys were just in Boise, possible you met him, a guy named Kevin Clayson. Um, he runs a, a business called, uh, he's co-founder of Done For You Real Estate. Okay. They they did about 250000 in revenue uh, within the first 10 episodes of the show. Wow. And they only had about 7,000 downloads uh, on the show in, in total. Actually, sorry. 3,500 downloads uh, on the show in total within wow. the first 10 episodes. Uh, so yes. that... So, so mo- it, mo- it, moment of, of, of success here to <laughs> all the people that think that so they need ready. millions of downloads, right? No, you don't. So thank you. Yeah. Right. yeah well, and, and let me explain how that came to be because one, they're in real estate, right? So yeah. there's someone, there's some troll out there who's like, but uh, their transactions <laughs> are really big. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yes, that is true. But let me explain like, cause I, I mentioned earlier that the, you have the piece where you, you get their, their email, right? That the content offer, that's kind of the main part of the content funnel. But yeah. what, how do you integrate that content into the business downstream? So I said the, the more bigger or not the more bigger, <laughs> The bigger the your bigger. podcast is yeah. and the more complex it is you, you in your business as well, you have the opportunity to look for ways to integrate that into your business. Mm. So in this example, what happened was they had been growing an email list for like 11 years, mm. right? And all they had ever done is send them like, again, this is a real estate company, just like boring emails that were like, here's the deals we have on the market. So like their audience or their their email audience was just used to kind of getting these emails that maybe they skim, probably yeah. don't open and just quickly archive. But when we launched the podcast, each episode got its own kind of story-based email that kind of told this story, brought people into the content. And this lady had been on their email list for 11 years 
and wow. end up doing like 150,000 uh, in revenue with them. Like in 150, that's not a hundred, that's not like one house, right? $150,000 house. That's like revenue, like profit that they brought in. She, she bought 11 houses with them. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And it, it came from, she was like, I got your email. Then I started listening to the podcast and she was like, I had like no idea that you guys did all of this. And it's so clear that, you know, your stuff because I just listened to 10 episodes and like, I'm ready to transact. Same thing. Another guy, he just sold his software company. This is that same kind of first few months thing. He was like, hey, I've got X millions of dollars that I'm ready to deploy in real estate. I want you guys to, to help me do that. Right. And it was yeah. the podcast that built the trust that someone shared to this guy who had just sold his software company. Yeah. And so like there's other utilities of the content in your business. You just have to figure out how to weave them in. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. That is a really good case study, which I'm not gonna lie, I was on your website and you guys do a great job at highlighting those things. It's like right there smack in the very front of the website. So yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, right? Like you yep. said, there's some some trolls that they're saying like, oh, their transactions are, are huge. I'm gonna, this, this devil's advocate segment is not specific to that <laughs> industry. You know, people are like, okay, I have my podcast, I have my email, my story bales, based emails, I have my content funnel, my content offer, I have everything set up, but I don't have people's attention, right? Now, are this, are you driving attention to your people's that, that podcasts and funnels to, uh, with paid traffic? Or is it all organic? Or maybe you're leveraging already the audiences that they have, maybe mm -hmm. some mix of everything. Yeah, we spend about a million a year on paid traffic. No, I'm joking. We, we don't do any paid traffic. <laughs> I like that. Uh, <laughs> we don't do. We we've never done any paid traffic. Any wow. of the numbers that I've said is is 100 all organic. Uh, I, I wish we were talented enough to do a lot of paid traffic, but it's just it's not our uh, it's not our expertise. It's not the lane yeah. that that we run in. Um, so yeah, that's that's all organic. That's uh, awesome. And and I'll I'll kind of unpack that a little bit. You, you guys are entertaining, right? You come on, you put on a show at the beginning, right? You make it interesting. What I think what a lot of people get wrong, they think just because they publish content that people should listen. That's not the case. Rewind eight years ago, maybe that's a different story. There's a lot of people publishing content right now. How are you different? How mm. Are you just another me too? Or are you just another person creating content mm -hmm. on X topic? Like people forget that, that people listen not only for the topics, but for the person. Yeah. Yep. Do you think that, uh, Joe Rogan is the biggest podcast in the world because people love every single topic that he chooses to talk about? Or do people love Joe Rogan? Mm -hmm. It's because they love, they love the person. So like yep. the affinity for the person brings the people. So if your show isn't growing, it might be you, not the content. And yeah. that's a hard pill for some people to swallow. Oh yeah. yeah. I, uh, I love those, absolutely. Yeah, this is a good part. Yeah, are you done with your Devil's Advocate section? Yeah, yeah, no, that was, that okay. was pretty good. I mean, we're, we're, good. I feel like we, we, I want to build up a little bit on that. No, I love- I, I wanna let you, you know, take over so you don't kind of like come at me like, oh, you hugged the mic, but it's all good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, we've talked a lot about the experience, right, of, of, of this, right? We talk about the platform, right? Whether that's a podcast, whether that's a YouTube channel, like what's, what's your platform and then What's the experience that you can create with that person that you're connecting with? So in this case, you, Ryan, right? And then after that, like what that experience looks like, because that's 
the the first person in the audience is your guest, right? So if you're utilizing your platform to create opportunities, whatever those look like, right? Referrals, uh, just friendship, uh, connections, uh, opportunities like in on the back end, that's super important. But at the same time, right, that also applies to the people that are listening and consuming your content right off the bat. One of the the number one comment we we get every single time is I love your energy, right? Like that's the one thing that we're like perfect. Like that's the thing that we need to lean on and like how how else can we refine that that experience in our show to create a memorable thing not only for our guests but for the people that are coming in, right? And every single time we're we're going into that. And it's been funny because we've been uh we've been highlighting some of the interviews that we did in the first like 100 episodes, right? And uh and you can see the difference. You can see the difference in the conversations from today versus the difference from the the, the the conversations from like a year ago, right? Two years ago. And we're like, huh, where is the gap, right? And the gap comes from consistency and uh, putting in the show and improving on the feedback that we get from everybody, like the, the, the cues that our guest tells us. And what you're saying is so important, right? Because that's how you level up the podcast consistently over time. And then, right, that trust, that authority, all these elements go up yeah. and then they can make that transaction uh, with you later on. Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm I'm curious, right? How do you deal with somebody if you get a client that maybe lacks on the personality side, right? Maybe he's a little bland on the podcast or uh, yeah, that you see like there is potential improvement on the attractive character side of things. How do you deliver that to them? And <laughs> how do you work on that with them as well? Yeah, good question. I'll start with saying I don't think this is for everybody. Like we've had clients come in, and as someone that um, that runs an agency, you know, I've I've struggled with this from a like, am I taking their money standpoint and knowing they won't aren't going to be successful? Mm. But here, here's here's where I landed on this. Um, as an agency owner, it's my job to put them in the best chance possibly to succeed. And if I feel like myself and my organization are the ones that can do that, it is my obligation to help them try to achieve their desired result. That does not change my opinion that I think that this isn't for everyone. Yeah. I'm just going to explore that with them, try to coach them as best as I possibly can, give them the best tips and tricks on uh, how, what to do, what not to do. But at the end of the day, if, if their personality, like who they are, like deep rooted down as an individual, isn't built for this, like it, you can't fit a square in a round hole like yeah. that. And that's what some people are trying to do. If you gave it four, five, 10 years, maybe, but most people either financially can't afford to work with someone like us for that long on an experimental basis yeah. or, or B they don't want to work on it that long. So, yeah, makes sense. And I want to, this is my personal opinion here, a little parenthesis, but I personally don't think that everybody needs to be high energy on camera. Right. But oh, sure. there are like Friedman. Yeah. There are definitely different types of attractive characters that are going to attract people. And I think a lot of the times it's just the length of which you stay in the game for you to attract the people that are going to relate to your personality and your energy as well. Right. So yeah, like and, you and said, think about this, like you said that what is a differentiating factor for you guys is the energy you bring, right? It, it's the, it's the camaraderie between you two, uh, 
plus the energy that you guys bring, right? That, that, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, that makes people want to, to listen and consume this content. Yeah. You look at someone like Lex Friedman, he's very monotone, very soft spoken, but w- what is his unique differentiator? One, it's his background, right? MIT professor, uh, like super, super yeah. talented. Like his, his unique differentiator is his mind, is his intellectual capacity. People want to hear from someone that smart, right? He has the credentials that make people go like, oh man, like, you know, this dude might not be the most entertaining, but I have to envision he's going to be able to teach me something I don't know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I like how you mentioned that unique differentiator, right? Yeah. You have the unique value proposition that we talked on the at the very beginning when it comes to your frameworks, the way you deliver your content, but then you have your unique differentiator when it comes to your attractive character, right? And I think it's important for people to look at themselves in the mirror and ask themselves, what is my unique differentiator, yeah. right? Is it my experience? Is it maybe my ability to go and be the reporter, which I feel it was our case at the very beginning. Yeah. We were seeking these, all these interviews to report back to our audience, but at the same time, we found that is or energy that we bring and kind of like the show and the and the silliness right like me choking my brother right now for yeah. example like it just adds a little layer in there yeah i i think it's very important for people if if they're if they're in a position where they're trying to develop this platform right and in the in the conversation that we had yesterday we talked about uh bigger companies right leadership teams and how maybe if the ceo or somebody on the leadership team needs to be like an attractive character and um, really take on that role of media company, right? That uh, every company should be having or like needs to have, or I hate, I, I don't want to say should, but again, like <laughs> you, you do really have to, uh, the companies that don't evolve as a media company are going to have a really hard time, right? So who's that one person, right? And in this process, there's going to be a lot of personal growth. And I go back to even a year before we launched your show, a year before we met you, Ryan, like, we try this thing, right? And it, it, we didn't have the personalities. We we're trying to like model somebody and uh, the format was not there. There was a lot of friction, right? In the process on not only internally, but out there, like we we're adding all these things. And uh, we grabbed the equipment after five times and put it in the closet and it lasted there for a full year collecting dust, right? And it wasn't until we made peace with the fact that, hey, here is our level in creation mode, right? Here's our level. We got to be very honest with ourselves and we're okay with that. And we're just going to go, right? And I think a lot of people uh, skip that part. They, 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 they don't even go and they, they don't look inwards, right? And be like, hey, am I okay with this, right? Especially if you are in a leadership team, right? If you're in a leadership team, maybe your personal development is, you know, at a point you would, you would think, but still when it comes to you being that phase, it can be, it can be challenging. So, you know, looking back at your journey uh, with your podcast, right? Because you have a very successful podcast as well. How was that process for you? How were you, uh, how do you find your unique, you know, uh, differentiator? How do you move forward? Yep. I, awesome question. And I was actually just thinking about this recently. Uh, so it's definitely top of mind. So the unique differentiator we've been talking about so far is the individual, you have to remember that there, there's something else that can be a unique differentiator, and that is the actual content itself. Mm-hmm. So if something's going to be different, it can be you as an individual, or it can be some facet of the content. And if we look at the content in particular, um, so on the recent episodes of uh, uh, Content Funnels, my podcast, the interviews, they're all short. 
they're all less than 15 minutes. So the differentiator I was going after in this scenario was I was saying, okay, there's a lot of people doing interviews like, like we're doing right now. This is a long form interview where we're talking about content, yeah. right? How, how can I be different than content is profits? How can content funnels be different than content is profit, right? So my angle was like, well, I'm going to interview people, but essentially we're just going to deep dive on one very specific topic and it's going to be short and sweet. So that was a mechanism I used to differentiate myself from a show like this, right? That That's just one way to do it. It yeah. could be that maybe you only do solo episodes. Maybe you do interviews and they're all three hours long. Like, I, I don't know, but there's a lot of things that you can do yeah. to differentiate how you do it. Um, if you look at uh, one that does this really well is, uh, what's it called? Um, side hustle school, yeah. uh, Chris Bilio or Chris, uh, something, right. I forget his last name. Uh, but it's all scripted. So there's a mm. lot of people sharing these like startup side hustle, entrepreneurial type stories, but yeah. his are all scripted and that's his unique differentiator. So like, yeah, yeah. What, what can you do outside of yourself? How can you structure your show to make it different? I, I and, love and that's kind of what I've done. Awesome. I love this. Right. So Follow-up question to this, and then funds are you good? I'm good uh, to answer. <laughs> hug the mic. Hug the mic. It's my turn. Um, you, you mentioned earlier, and this is gonna circle back to this moment, right? You circle back. You're like, hey, we we have this idea, and we put it out there. It's like our hypothesis is it gonna work, right? How long before you decide to pivot, right? Because uh, we all know that content, especially podcasting, is about the long long term. You know, where long vision, like over time. So, do you even pivot, right? Do you commit with this? What's your decision? What, what are your thoughts around this, right? Because we started with interviews, right? On our, on our side on the on that. Well, we actually started with solo episodes for like 20. And then we're like, we're running out of things to say. We need to learn more. Let's go and find the experts, right? So we brought the experts in our network. We started having those conversations. And then fast forward, now there's a mix of this, something a little bit more specific, something more casual, and our solo episodes as well. And it's been a very awesome balance, right? So how do you decide when you need to pivot, when you're like, yeah, this did not work. Let's go. Right. Yeah. So pivot on like the the unique differentiator of, of your show. Is that what you're yeah, asking? Yeah. For example, you decided to do very short, fifty minute, yeah. you know, very specific conversations, and you're like, okay, this is either working or not working. How do you consider that? Yeah. And then how do you? What's your process to pivot if you pivot? Yeah. So uh, I'll give you because I'm actually pivoting mine right now. So Sweet. it's I'll, I'll kind of walk through why that's happening and and what drove me to that. So you said that uh, content is a long term play. I highly, highly, highly agree with that. Like I tell people, like if you're coming in and this is like an anti-sales tactic, but this is what I do in my sales process. I'm like, hey, if you're not willing to commit to this for a year, I probably wouldn't start because mm. this isn't a one month, two month, three month, four month type of thing. Like this is like bare minimum, like get into this game for a year. The audience <laughs> yeah, is going wild. Yeah, yeah. The audience is going wild. They made a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like you, you got to be in this for, for the, the long game. And so what I did was I was looking at the conversations I was having and I personally wanted to get deeper into the conversations. Mm. Um, I looked at the outcome that I was trying to drive with my podcast. I'm not trying to drive people to sign up for a masterclass or a mini course or whatever this thing is. Like I'm targeting my goal with my show is relationships. And yes. typically most of the time in all the conversations I've had, there, there's two goals that are being 
uh, sought after from a client. They're either looking for uh, more massive downloads, reach exposure, which is typically tied back to like, I want opt-ins and leads and stuff like that. So that's goal one. Goal two is relationships. The strategies around the content with these two goals are very different. Yeah. So when I looked at the goal that I'm trying to have, which is relationships, the 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 format of the show that I had was not conducive to the result that I was trying to get with my show. So I opted to switch up my unique differentiating factor around the shorter interviews to focus on longer stuff. So that, that's just cool. a, a quick on me personally on why I did that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I, and I'm sure it's going to help somebody that's going through that at the same moment asking the same question right so yeah love it I, 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 will, I will say don't don't let that be your out though don't give mm. yourself an excuse to, yes. to to change don't like seek out the the reason that isn't there like well ryan said that he wanted to do it and you know this has been difficult so maybe i should try that like that yeah. oftentimes that's the wrong way to approach it like there has to be like some logical reason you want to make this switch yeah how do you fancy question for you like, um, have you ever thought about pivoting the show? Never. <laughs> Not even once. <laughs> uh, I've had ideas of starting other shows yeah. with different formats, <laughs> right? Same energy, different formats. I really like... like co-host? Uh, maybe a co-host. <laughs> nah, yeah, no co-host. You no know. co-host. Uh, I mean, we, we all know who, who carries this show over here. Idea. But the, 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 <laughs> the, this, is, this is fun because I was actually thinking about this this morning. You know, um, there, same in my head, there's many ideas of shows and different things. And at some point, we'll, be the net, we'll build a network. Maybe not our own shows, but collaborating with other people. But um, idea just to like document the experience. Fonzie launches a show. I launch a show. Different styles, different things, right? Like committing to like the things that we really want to talk about and hashtag document. Pick a bro. Hashtag pick a bro. Legit. And uh, and see what happens. And I think that could be like a really cool experiment to do. And within the companies, I mean, the goal is to still talk about, you know, the things that we do. It's just Fonzie has his style. I have my style. And then we'll probably attract people that are along those lines as well. So I think that could be a cool, cool experiment. Putting that idea out there. Sorry. Hashtag pick up bro networks. <laughs> this one's going to yeah. be fun. Uh, Ryan, we're getting close towards the end and I have so many more questions to ask you, but we're going to leave those for next part. Part two. But before we head out, right, we like to leave people with an action point, something that they can go and do immediately. So if somebody is trying to start implementing their content funnels, right, besides obviously calling you and committing to work with you for a year, what else should they do? What would be that first step if, let's say, they are starting their platform, a podcast, and they want to start, you know, kind of like connecting their podcast to their profits? Yeah. Um, I I'm going to give you an answer that I want to give that doesn't necessarily completely tie to, to what you're saying. There. Good. So to, to give people like something actionable they can do, because again, I've been, uh, I, I'm not going to pitch it here, but I'm working on a course in the background. So I've really been formulating some of these ideas yeah. uh, in the past. And here's one that I've like, I, I really believe in. So a lot of times people are trying to find a new audience, right? More, not new, new is a bad word. They're trying to find new people to come into their audience, right? More, more listeners, more this, more that. Yeah. And they're not focusing on how do you get the people you already have listening more. Mm. So this, if, if you look at um, like, it, let's say you have a, a thousand followers or subs on, on your podcast, right? If you're only getting 
20% of those people to press play on your episode, you know, you, you that's only 200 of the thousand. Instead of going out seeking more, why don't we figure out how to cover that 800 gap? Like, how do we turn that into 400, 600? And the thing that I see over and over that I think podcasters get wrong is how they title their episodes. This is very like super basic and super plain, but people have very boring generic titles. And so when someone's in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is, they're going to their shows and they're like, here's the shows that were released today. Which one do I want to listen to? On YouTube, you have the thumbnail, which is the first thing that catches someone's attention, right? Mm -hmm. And then the title confirms their decision to click on the episode, click play. On a podcast, all you have is the title. Most of the time, the, the cover art thumbnail is really, really small on these podcast episodes when you're looking in like an episode, uh, like a recently released feed. Yep. So you only have the title of the episode. So you need to be thinking about your podcast episode titles, no different than you would think about an email subject line or a YouTube title. The goal is to get someone to click play. It serves no other purpose at all except for getting someone to click play. And if it's not getting someone to click play, something's wrong. So focus on the, the audience that you have and converting more of those people before you spend a lot of effort bringing in more people into a leaky bucket. Yeah, that's good. You want to know why my brother's looking at me all weird like that? Because we've had this discussion about, I know you're not talking about clickbait, but we've had this discussion about clickbait where I'm like, bro, that's a very thin line, you know, as, and yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it as long as we deliver on the promise, right? Like yep. this is like, you can, you can make it obviously super shiny and everything. And I agree with you. Like the goal is to get people to click. And then once they click, yeah. how are you hooking them to listen to the rest of the episode? But you gotta deliver the promise. And yep. I'm not gonna lie, we've been guilty a few times here and there of making this awesome promises in the title. And then we speak for an hour with our guest and we don't get to what we promised. And then we have to like bring them a second time. And we're like, oh, you remember that one time, yeah. like 50 yeah. episodes ago? <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's a very thin line, but I, I, I think that is, it's key. And people need to understand Th those little elements like nobody's going to consume anything of you if you cannot get their immediate attention yeah. through those headlines and and yeah. uh you know right right last minute i know that you have to, and if you have to go just hang up it's okay uh we'll <laughs> keep talking but uh we can roll over a little yeah, bit very very tactical right and i think this has helped us a ton is uh, depending on like where you publish your podcast, we use a software called Megaphone, right? You can see the seven day downloads and then the 30 day spread after that, right? So if for us, there's an indicator, if that seven day number is higher than usual, that means that that headline, right? Uh, attracted a lot of attention. But then what we see is the consumption, right? So you can see this on, on your Apple podcast, more than 50% of our downloads come from Apple. So we kind of look at that data, uh, especially, and you can see how long people are actually staying to listen to that show. So if that's a low number, a low percentage, you're like, okay, well, the, the title was on point, but we might have not delivered on that on that promise. So that that's why people are leaving, right? And then if you have that percentage on the on the consumption higher, you're like, okay, maybe this is a good example of an episode that we did a good job with the title and a good job with the with the delivery of the content. So those are two tactical things that you can actually if you're if you have a podcast right now, you can actually go look in your in your data 
and for us is helped us a ton because it's showing us like where are actually people listening what type of content do they actually like like for example your episode with like short form versus long form content which was i think uh two episodes ago did really well people listening about 80 percent. i told you so, who's carrying this podcast huh? he does <laughs> he does I, i'll give you i'll give you a, a funny example uh that, that really will drive this point home. So uh, we had a client that we got on a, a monthly call with just kind of like deep diving into their analytics and all that kind of stuff. And so we go into the back end of Apple Podcasts, just like you said, and we sort on average consumption time, uh, lowest to highest, right? So worst mm -hmm. episodes at the top in terms of yeah. uh, retention and consumption. What we found was the four lowest episodes in terms of consumption were all episodes in which she interviewed men. So her audience is very female focused. Uh, wow. you know, all but the four interviews were female, uh, female, uh, guests mm. and the four lowest were guys. So like her takeaway was, uh, and rightfully so like maybe I shouldn't interview guys anymore because it doesn't yeah. resonate with my audience because yeah. her, her audience is stay at home moms that are like 45 to 55. So look at the data and you can have some really profound takeaways. I think that average consumption number is the best data point in all of podcast stats. Yeah, I don't think there's yes. anything that can help you make better decisions than that particular stat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's actually having me question my accent. So uh, that's how bad it is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but anyways, Ryan, dude, this has been so awesome. Again, thank you for, for coming onto the show on the platform. Is there anything that you like to add or how can people connect with you? Yeah, I mean, just uh, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Uh, it's Ryan Helms, I-T-S-R-Y-A-N-H-E-L-M-S -E on Instagram. Happy to chat. And that's it. I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm going to add another way to find you. Just go to any event. You'll find him. He's, <laughs> he's everywhere. He's, he's, he's in all the events. All the events. <laughs> yeah, awesome. It was good to chat with you guys. Yeah, Sweet. it was awesome. Fonzie, anything else? Matt, this was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. We're definitely going to have to bring you a second time to do a little bit. I, I would like to deep dive on the what comes before the content funnel, right? Like sure. get a little nitty gritty strategy. We'll bring like our night goggles and all that stuff. We'll do for that, that for, episode. Uh, we'll do that for the group. Exclusive. Exclu Ooh, exclusive. Exclusive. I awesome. Like it. <laughs> all right. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite platform and on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. And if Ryan here help you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five-star review see ya bye guys